Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Al, you little, you little Al. Little, how did you, uh, how, how you feeling this week after striking out? I was going to ask you, have you ever played baseball? Yep. Because I, do you know how the game works? I, I, I have an idea. Count how many strikeouts, how many strikes. <laughs> I think everyone knows. So I, I wanted to, on Monday, I got, basically all my guys are scheduled for two weeks worth of work. I'm like, man, some of these projects need to come in. Some of these big projects. Yep. So there's a hundred unit one that I've been reeling in. Get with them and nope. Got to wait for the city. Got to submit like an initial meeting thing. Engineers haven't even started on it. Anything with the city seems to take a while. Strike one. Yep. Uh, Then met with this great couple. Very, looks like an awesome project on the mount, on the hills, overlooking Boulder. The amazing style that they want. Oh, we have to wait for the city to comment if we can make the access road there. Strike two. Strike two. <laughs> Strike two. <clears throat> Eleven. And then there's this this 12-unit project. Get uh, get talking to them. And, and I thought they were going to pull the trigger. This was like my main, I got my guys, you know, set. We're going to be set because we have this one. They already gave me the, the verbal yet. There was some complications. Strike three. Strike three. This is that, all one day, right? This is all Monday. Oh, man. Then talking to a guy that we met on the Entree Architect uh, Facebook group, trying to get some Facebook stuff work. We are so packed this week. Basically, we were going to do a hor- extra, we we're going to provide extra horsepower for rabbit drafting and yep. modeling. Turns out they're on 17, we're on 18. Strike four. I didn't even know you could get more strike. <laughs> wow. That's strike why. Four. Yeah. Sure enough. Even Monday, I, go I feel home. like that was a bean. You got beaned the last time, but then, oh. but, but you were already out. It's like they threw an extra pitch and they just hit you in the head. I'm, I'm walking back to the dugout <laughs> and he just throws the baseball at me. That, that's what I feel. So, anyways, <clears throat> poor little Al. So that's why that's why I said poor little Al. But since then, since then, you, did you? Let so, me ask you this: Did you keep your head down, Al? Did you just quit working? Did you start? Did you just start drawing unemployment <laughs> immediately? <laughs> I called up a hey, government unemployment. Honestly, Monday. So I get all, I'm trying to coordinate, get all this news. And then I get some emails response back and it's the end of the day and it's four strikeouts. So I'm, I'm eating. I'm telling, telling my wife kind of about this, like literally sitting down, but pacing, pacing in my head, you know, just be, she's like, what are you thinking about? This was after this like midweek. No, no, this was still Monday. Oh, wow. Tough day. And, Tough. and plus you're not, you know, you don't, you don't, you, you don't even get to treat yourself to a little beer. I know. nerves. I think it was on, on Wednesday. I was like, I wish I could just start drinking. Just one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I need, I need to start drinking. Um, so, you know, I'm quiet for a while after this. She's like, what do you think about them? I'm thinking about these projects. So Tuesday I show up and uh, let's say that the hundred unit project, I, I, I call the engineers um, and, and, and I keep getting in contact with the main people. And the big thing that I've been doing to developers, because I think this is huge, this relates back to basically why that Revit guy called us yeah. uh, and from Andre Architect from the Facebook group. Yeah. 
And it was from the foundation plans. So remember oh, no how kidding. we said there's been so much hit about how we do 3D foundation plans. You've been getting a lot of feedback. So all the developers, and including this 100-unit one that I don't have projects with yet or have in the past, but we're in a lull, I literally asked them, hey, we've been providing standard. We've made it standard that we'll give 3D floor plans, an actual 3D view, which is okay. You know, like that's normal for, for everyone to do. 3D but, foundation plans, sorry. Yep. Yeah. No, no. But then 3D plans, obviously, like of the building itself. And then we do 3D floor framing plans now. Because it's just that we have it set up in our template. Yeah. I go, we're thinking about adding a fourth D. And I and I had two thoughts. And my initial first thought was, oh, should we do the sticks? Like, let's put the sticks in, the, the framing, right? And the, my other one was, well, what about modeling the HVAC? Because if you remember one of our townhome units, they took the bottom truss cords of the roof yeah, and decided, like, yeah, we're just going to cut that. Or cut all those <laughs> put our HVAC through here. I thought that was, and then I was talking to another person who said HVAC, they just kind of run through and messed up her house. So I wanted to know what would be more valuable. So I was emailing them and I was emailing, and I keep in contact with this hundred unit developer. And I go, which one should we try to make standard? I haven't got a reply back from them, but from other people, um, they've all said HVAC. And I even, one of the developers, I, I asked, and I said, hey, everyone else is liking our foundation plans. So this guy went and talked to his field guys and said, oh yeah, they love the 3D foundation plans. And they say HVAC would be the next okay. one to add. There you go. That's yeah. the one. I think I don't think that's a bad idea. We'll do it on the development project. Sure. Yeah. Make it happen. <clears throat> so... That one, and then I talked to the engineers. They are having a meeting with the city on Thursday, and they should know. They should know whether they're going to pursue the project or not. Which yeah. one? 100 unit. Oh, really? Yep. Next Thursday? Yep. Yep. Wow. And, and, and what did they say? If they, okay. That's and good. It's the equivalent of when we did our, our, our you know, first pre-app meeting. Yeah. And actually, to me, that means me being a decision maker, I, I would decide whether I'm going to do the project or not after that meeting. I don't know if that's true for other people. Understood. Okay. So that one might come back to us. Then the 11 to 12 unit one, we got this email where it basically said, hey, it's on hold for this, this, and this project. So this is for this, this, this reason, like four reasons on hold. So I could have just, you know, after Monday, just being strikeout, strikeout, beamed literally in the head. Right in the face. Yep, right in the face. <laughs> um, I could say, hey, okay, you know, let me know, whatever. And just but giving I, up. Just giving up and but just been friendly. I took each point, broke up their email into like five points and thoroughly answered each one and just gave like, hey, this is what I think. This is what might need to happen. Here are your three options for this. Still think like, okay, maybe they'll come back in six to eight months and figure this out. Two days later, hey, we're closer than we thought. Uh, can you meet next week with our partner? Okay, fantastic. And you know what I, so what I wanted to tell everybody about is uh, for the 11 to 12 unit project, uh, it's, it's going to be a series of townhomes, like triplexes and duplexes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But how we got the lead on this project mm. was because of our Amazon HQ Denver push. Yeah. That was just, you know, all theory. It was just a study that we did. It got us a ton of exposure. But I know a lot, I know a lot of people that saw, that saw us doing that later on went nasty, even, even in the Entree Architect community. So what, what are you going to like? They just were, you know, complete disbelievers and like, well, what, like, because there wasn't a one to one translation. Right. Yep. And I think that's one of the things we were OK with one for sure was, nope, you just if you can capitalize on getting yourselves out there, it's going to come back to you in some way. Just getting your name out there, starting uh, to present yes. validity for what you do. And you don't have to make up an Amazon skyscraper to do it. 
So uh, we kind of... Yeah, because we don't want you to do that because you'd be just competing with ours anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so we kind of bullied our way into a, a development meeting with the city council um, by meaning like I just told the council members, members that we knew that we were coming. They didn't invite us. They apparently invited other ones. And then we sat at the big table and then we presented. Um, and then I made a presentation and then Lance was there for... Uh, support and actually was counter it, it, listen to last week's podcast and see how like Lance played the dual role there. Yeah. Um, and the tech guy, which I appreciate too, because I'm, I'm just trying to keep points in my head. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I, I can't exactly. I was just trying, I, I was trying to make Alex's presentation as smooth as possible. And I wanted it to happen. We needed everybody in that room needed to hear what Al had to say and how Al had prepared. Yeah. And then the, and why I know that is because the meetings that he's gotten afterwards since speak volumes. Exactly. So another person just contacted me and said, hey, um, I saw I saw you present. I wish you would have presented longer. Let, let, we're doing a project. Let's meet. Of all people to want to talk longer, Al Gore. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he must be doing it right. Did I say that mountain house that I struck out at? They just emailed. Did you look over at my computer screen before this podcast? They said, hey, we're sending the check and the signing didn't today. you say what didn't you get didn't you ring the bell yesterday or no you no no still no no no, no. you wanted to high five me. i wanted I said, to high no. five you yeah we i, I wouldn't high five you and i love high fives they're great so that was hard for me i'm watching the door because i'm i'm supposed to have on my end i didn't strike out i've been i've been i've been crushing it uh signed two more houses today well i think that i reversed time and made solid hits on all these oh, so there like you go. i struck out and then the actually I whiffed it. The bat came around so fast because I was on top of things. Uh -huh. I spun all the way around and hit it. <laughs> the second pass. You see what I did there? Yep. Um, so okay, but anyways, I got to go back to this. Had the meeting with the city. That all worked out. Then, yeah, who contacted you? Just a lady. D doesn't matter. Oh, Doing okay. a developer because this is a side point. Uh, they said we wanted to talk to you at the meeting, but you were surrounded by people. So who I was surrounded with, some real estate people came up to me and then said, if you're going to have numbers, if you're going to talk numbers to the city, you need to make sure they're accurate because they just go over their head. The city, we learned like they don't even know numbers. They don't even have like, they're making inclusionary zoning and it's affordable, but they don't have numbers of like real backing of how much they actually need. They're literally pulling it out of the sky. So they said, contact us and we'll get you real numbers for all these things that I was presenting. So I contacted them. They put me with uh, uh, Kyle, who's a, a title company guy here. He gave them all to me. So then I met with And him. the numbers Alex is talking about is he was pulling out prices of existing, uh, uh, existing versus new stuff off yeah, of resale. like Zillow or something like that, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is not a, or like Trulo or any of these realtor, any of these uh, sites where you can go look at uh, like houses are for sale and like what you're projected to, you know, be worth and all this other stuff. They're always inflated. I think the last we heard was like 20% or something like that. They're always off. So yep. you need to get you need to get more accurate ones. Is what he's getting at. Yep. So you got to get with somebody who's actually dealing with actual title transfers, what it's sold for, what the square footage is, what the county assessor is, all that kind of stuff. Yep. <laughs> what is this guy's title? He 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 just works at um American Title. Uh, I I don't know. He there you go. So so anybody if any if anybody's I, that, oh, I'm just trying to give some advice here is go to a title company. That's where you want to go. Don't go to the internet right away. Right. But he got them. It, okay. So I. I said, hey, let me thank you. I'll take you out to coffee. So this morning I had a coffee meeting with him and then we're talking, getting along greatly. I go, how can, how can I help you? You know, what, what can I do? Well, he goes, if, if you know anyone that's going to close any real estate people, any contractor, tell them that they want, you want them to work with our title company. 
And I go, that's simple because me and you have worked with title companies. It's not like one is going to be, you know, uh, a rock star architecture firm and one's not. And I don't mean this in a bad way that they don't have their stuff together, but we haven't met a title company that has impressed us. So it's, <laughs> it's very easy to say, hey, can you go with American title? And for them to say, yeah, I don't see why not. You know, it's, it, it's going to be an I've easy only, referral. I've only heard the opposite from my, from my wife, the realtor. That they're bad. The, uh, she's only been able to point to bad ones. Like she doesn't point to good ones. It's mostly like what is a, it's literally like politicians. What is the lesser of the evil? And you know what? That's it. so he left those bad ones that we know about mm-hmm. because they got worse and worse and there worse. There you go. Yeah. And he said it was they were basically doing roadblocks instead of now he goes, I get all the support I want. It's perfect. So I call up your wife and I go, Do you know good title company? Like, do you ha- are you locked in? Oh. You know, and she's like, no, they're kind of terrible. I go, good. I'll introduce you to Kyle. So I immediately (laughs) sent her an email to talk to him. Um, And the point I'm getting at is that he, you know, what can you do to put yourself out there? You know, we make the Amazon tower and go to meetings. He gave me numbers. He he went out of his way. He figured out numbers, gave them to me. I gave him referrals. Yeah. It's crazy how that works. Yeah. You got to, there's somebody's got to give at the beginning. Exactly. I don't think everything is not every single thing can be about money, which kind of goes back to like the initial meeting idea, right? We don't need to go back into that, but there's like, there's no hard and fast answer. I think, I think there's, I think you have to play each situation carefully and, and, you know, make your own judgment call. Yeah. On whether what you're going to give or you're not going to give or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So that's, that's our business advice. I know, I know some people might be thinking it's, if you're listening to this, it's unstructured, right? Because Lance and I are literally just giving an, an, an inside the firm look. So if you want something structured, there's people who give you those things. So uh, our buddy, um, Entree Architect, Mark LePage. Yep. If you're thinking about like a structured business approach, go to entrearchitect.com forward slash free course and just get familiar with some of these concepts, some of these ideas that you can have it written down in complimentary to us spitting out what's happening on the fly. There you go. Yeah. Good compliment for sure. Cool. Uh, well that, I think we're already into Nick reads, Nick reads. Yeah. I told you to come up with topics, but you know, I got topics. They're just after, uh, Oh, after ARE jeopardy. I I put them in the wrong position. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Nick reads. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Everyone is a marketer. Empower everyone to win. If you want to build a business that constantly grows, every person in the firm must be empowered to win business. Remember, when you try to sell something, learn to ask for the sale. I am serious about everyone's responsibilities to grow the business. You are a family and you have to take care of each other. Separation Blues Most businesses today have separate departments for sales, production, and collections. This is a recipe for staying small and missing growth opportunities. However, in the long term, this approach will lead to being outmaneuvered by your competitors. Separate departments can also lead to unnecessary conflict. Sales might overpromise. Producers might forget to mention new valuable features, and everyone can get in a bind over pricing, timing, and payment. My alternative has worked for me since the beginning. 
Everyone on the team is a generator of possibilities for the firm by developing selling, marketing, and collection skills. Expertise closes deals. As an expert in your business, you are the right person to determine what it would take to deliver on your prospective client's needs. It also means you understand what it takes to deliver on that need. You, the expert, are then in the best possible place to scope and price the work. Art Gensler. Lance, bro, what's up? Right on. Hey, dude, guess what? Tonight, pool party, my house, 8 o'clock. Toodles. <laughs> if it was at the moon tower, I know you'd Party show. at the moon tower, bro. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, Nicholas. Well, I have a question for you. Yeah. So <clears throat> ask for the sale. What do you think that meant? What do you I, think that meant? I think it's a little bit foreign to me, but I think it's very true where people won't say, here's the contract. Sign it. <laughs> In a nice way. You know what I mean? They'll but just, that's not asking. That's telling. Asking. That's what the, And that's why it's throwing me off. Could, because I have an example just today, just yesterday of... Oh, this is how you. This is how you. You're not pushy about it. Yeah. But you just say, "I would love to do this because." I'll, but what do you think of the asking? Well, is it this? Hey, if here's the contract, uh, here's the phases uh, attached to the proposal. If all this looks good, please is please an ask. Please sign uh, the bottom page and send the deposit check. That's normally, generally, what I say. Is that is that? That's a good way. Yeah, and maybe maybe I need. Could to you please? Well, I wouldn't say could you. I think please is just fine. Um, if because the way you set it up was perfect. Was if then please. If then please. If the contract is X, then you know agreeable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then please sign and return. I think that's perfect. I think I need to start doing that. Look so at that. my appro- my approach has been up to this point, uh, as like yesterday exactly yesterday was. Hey, if I can get you signed by Friday, we can start Monday, and I know you're in a hurry. Ooh. So so. Uh, if you just please sign and return and and yeah. you know, send a deposit check, then I think that's where you go. Yeah. You can't be afraid. I think you have to like, I don't know, you, you're, the shark's got to come out at some point and you have to really not you know, not put heat on them, but I just keep in the view of, of, the, of, of the client that you're going to sell to. Yep. I was going to throw you on the spot, but I'll give you a, kind of what I think and then add have you add on. Because I don't know if I totally agree or if we're doing exactly what Art Gensler is saying. And then I have to question myself because Art Gensler has made the most, the largest, most profitable, biggest architecture firm in the history of America. Yeah. So it's hard to just dismiss what he says. So he says empower everyone. But then that last paragraph was expertise sells. And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of nuance, right? So if you think about these, these projects and where we started is that maybe because we don't have those guys selling. And the reason why is because I think it takes a lot of time, energy, and effort, and there needs to be a production. And if you're worrying about that all the time, even if it's in the back of your head like it was with, with all these strikeouts and beam hits, like that's so mean to just throw the ball right at me after I struck <laughs> out. Well, um, <laughs> it's a cold world out there, Al. You know what I mean? Like you're just fragmenting yourself so much. And then what the boss that I 
often refer to as says your job is to get sales. Their job is, is to do the work. Right. Mm-hmm. But let's, I could see it in the sense of someone's doing houses at our firm and then they get really, really good in houses. Okay. Then is it the first leap? Oh, you want to meet with the client and, and do the sale or well, first come with me the couple meetings and then you can do that. I, and then for, let's say these bigger projects, 10, 20, 30 units, 40 units, something like that. Maybe that person, you know, I'm teaching someone right now. I'm selling. Then someone else will be the lead and someone else will. So there's a lead and then someone else will be doing the work more majority of the work. Okay. When that person is the lead, still doing stuff, then they can maybe start selling. Is that, is that the approach? I think that's, that's, a, I think that's a transit. I think it's incremental. Yeah. There's a, there's gotta be a nuance to the whole thing. It's not just instant for yeah. sure. Yeah. It, yeah. And, and cause you're kind of like, as a, as a, as somebody, as somebody who's managing people, right. You're every, like you're, you're giving them an, you're giving them like three inches, see how much they'll take. And then maybe they, they go one inch beyond and the, you know, the inches, yeah. the, the inch beyond is self-ownership and, and, and responsibility and all that kind of stuff. And then, so you're kind of inching, inching along, inching along, inching along. And then all of a sudden like, Whoa, now we got to reel it back 12 yeah. inches. I think that's the part I get nervous about. Here's maybe a good strategy, but how to do that. Um, it, to incremental approach because I don't think you have them start selling right away. We had to start selling eight years ago right away and then got burned on some projects, didn't get burned on some projects. We're doing the work and, and learning as we go. So how do you implement this? And what if it is, let's say this next project, this 12 unit project, this guy's on it and he'll probably be doing the majority of it. Okay. You are also responsible for billing because yeah, because, no, exactly. It's incremental like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Inch. Because you saw, okay, here's the fee. Here's uh, how many hours did you do? And then oh, like, oh man, that did not work out. <laughs> so either I need to be faster on production or if I'm ever doing it. So if, get the work, bosses listening to this, get the work, you know, teach the people how to do it. And then third step, increment billing, and then they can sell. I think that's the approach. Absolutely. I'd like that. I, me too. Mm-hmm. Nice. Look at you, look at everybody, everybody welcome, welcome to Inside the Firm. <laughs> you are Here Inside are. the Firm. Making company policies yeah. as we go. Uh, uh, exactly. I, I feel like there's there's some resistance in my brain about doing something like that. And that would be like, oh, if you give them all the keys, why don't they just run off and make their own firm? And I know of our friends, uh, not friends, people we know have done that, but it was basically because the boss became a- absent, was taking all the money, making them do all the work. And I think this is maybe the goal and how we need to think about it is, and maybe you just say this to, to, to the guys is, hey, you know, we're giving you the keys to the castle. But our, what our hope is, is that we're making a structure that works so well that you will accelerate faster here than being on your own. You know what I mean? Because then, okay, now you got two guys under you, then they got two guys under you and you will accelerate quicker in this system then exactly i think it, that's 100 percent the way to approach but that has to put the pressure back on us to make sure that that's true that the system is there and working 100 percent. Right. yeah absolutely and that and that they don't once they get the keys to the castle they open up the castle and they go what the hell are all the dead bodies doing in the castle you guys need to get rid of this stuff you know what i mean like all the, all the stuff that's like not working at all like what the oven doesn't work in the castle what how you guys been doing this stuff and then and then all of a sudden like the lack of confidence it gives them about us and the system, it just instantly would go away. Do you have any one example? What do you mean, like about broken oven? Because 
Go ahead. I have no idea. Just, uh, well, how are you guys cooking? How are you guys cooking up the plans with this oven? I'm just making an analogy here. Yeah, That's yeah, all. yeah, yeah. Because the only thing I could immediately think about, if you go back to an invoice from 2010, 2011, and like, how did you guys make money? We didn't. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> we starve. Yeah. Didn't no, that's money. a good example. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, hey, so one of the things that I, I came across my plate this this week, which was accessibility in townhomes. So I've been doing the, uh, I've been doing, I've been wrapping up, or not wrapping up, but I made a big push this last week. I actually worked over the whole weekend, which I never really do. I, I just don't do that anymore. I, I try to leverage my weekends to, for family time and stuff and just to, to chill out. But I didn't do that this weekend. And then I, I just worked my butt off and got a 75% set done for our development project. And through that, then working in this week, I get to one of the floor plans and Alex reminds me, or we just, I don't know if we just let it slip or what happened, but like, oh yeah, by the way, that, that unit has to be accessible to a certain point. So for anybody who's doing townhomes, I kind of want to just give you, give you a sneak peek about where you would, what, that you should be aware of this, um, depending on what, what city or county or wherever or state that you're in. So we have to deal with in Colorado, uh, the Colorado revised statutes, 2016 title nine, and it's called buildings and equipment and stuff like that. But within that we have, um, if you're doing townhomes, you have to have, or actually any kind of multifamily stuff, you have to have a certain, you have to get like a certain number of points. Uh, I know, I know anybody who's listening in California, they already know about this stuff, right? Because California is always, always pushing for stuff like that. So, so for our project, we have, uh, seven to 14 units. So there's this, so there's this whole table that's listed out in this PDF or whatever. And we had to get six accessibility points. So there's all, there's three different ways you can do it. And there's, so there's a type C uh, accessible unit. There's a type B accessible unit and there's a type A accessible unit. The type C, if you do that on the ground floor, you get one point. But the hangup was Alex and I, and me on, I can't remember what afternoon it was. I think I sent it on that very afternoon. Let's see, it would have been on like Wednesday or something of this week, Tuesday. After the day after Alex struck out like crazy, that's what it was. Is <laughs> I went to I went and looked and tried and called around Dora. I was trying to get a hold of anybody to tell me what exactly is a type C unit or a type B unit where we can get the one point because it's not spelled out. It's not just blatantly spelled out. There's no freaking diagram. It's just a bunch of words, right? So the way I got we got down to it is we honestly had to take an educated guess at the end of the day, and for for what we what we decided was, and I also even posted in the Entree Architect community and asked a couple of people in there, and there was a good dialogue back and forth. And what we came up with was, for for the for the for us to do our one point per building, it is everything on the ground floor has to be there has to be an accessible path and a, basically an accessible powder room, and then we get our we get our one point per each. And what's crazy is that I knew about these points and I knew what each point meant, you know, years ago. And then when you said, Hey, where is this? I go, Oh, Colorado state statutes right here. Go to this ANSI. Here's a and B. And you're like, where's, where's visitable. Oh, now, that's and- what it is. It's type B visitable. So in the, in the old code, it, like the 1998 code, which they still reference, they say type B, B visitable one point. Okay. Where's that? There isn't one. What we could find is we could find a type C visitable in the new code, but they're not referencing the new code. So it was this huge like back and forth and they never got back to me. They still never got back to me. Oh, Doran never got emailed them. Of course. Yeah. You called them too, right? Called them, called them. Yep. It was two hours, two hours of work. So Hmm. we got it figured out. But, uh, if I I just caution anybody who's doing a multifamily project, 
if you are doing between if you're ba- if you're doing above seven right is that the number yeah exactly as soon as you cross the threshold past seven so if you do even if it's would it count like this al if you did a fourplex and a triplex that's seven that's seven on one piece of land right yep. okay just know that that magic number will will you have to address it as soon as possible and i mean at the beginning of everything right site plan review because you need oh, to make yeah, sure the yeah. you need to make sure freaking sidewalks go up to it properly so that it's you know wheelchairs can go in and out you know what's crazy about that too is that when you even if it's on separate properties because these townhomes that are mm-hmm. separated by separate properties yeah that's only you know technically shouldn't that just be one single family you know but you still got to do it yeah so don't get caught with your tail we lucked out honestly we really did just because i think we i think we lucked out because we were, we already did this very similar product so the floor plan on the first level sort of lent itself to that. We didn't we didn't put ourselves in like a corner. But but to nobody s- puts baby in a corner. No one. And and let's reiterate. Let's dive into luck out. Meaning six years ago, when this hit me for the first time, I did not luck out. Yeah. Because I had no clue what was happening. I said I have to look into it. And then it was a shocker. And we had to figure all this out. So luck came from pain. Yeah. <laughs> years ago. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for Al. Uh, he, he he lucked me out. How about that? There we go. Um, and the last thing I want to do before we bring in the guys for ARE Jeopardy is talk about just a just a little piece of advice for anybody who's thinking about going in the design build, it going towards the design build development, just moving away, moving you know from architecture and evolving. And that is, if you have your favorite contractor or contractors, just at you know if your buddies with them and, and you have good discussions and everything you guys aren't mad at each other or anything if you kind of have a personal level with them let's say you're just going to do a single family house the first time but you've never built one but you've designed 20 of them right if you have some dumb question that you think is dumb but you have no you have no answer to it whatsoever about how like well hey in this in this sequence of construction what what can or can I do or like what would you recommend every single phone call try to sneak one of those in there <laughs> <laughs> What's great about that is that uh, I, it's funny because you're more the contractor guy and I'm more the developer guy, right? Yep. And, and we cross-pollinate all the time. But I've been asking those questions to developers all the time. And now you are sneaking them in. Not sneaking, but you're asking contractors all the time. It, it's brilliant. Every Just whatever the topic is. And for example, we are talking about connecting water and everything to the foundation. You can, you can just ask them, say, hey, w- w- is this what happens? And they go, yeah, you could do it that way. Or do it this way. And you're like, oh. And I've been trying to tie it in with uh, the kind of the way I did it uh, when I studied for the architecture exams. So when I was studying for the architecture stamp exams, like when I did the plumbing, the one with the plumbing, oh, then I redid my bathroom. I redid my whole bathroom and like made myself understand how, how plumbing works and P-traps and all that kind of crap. So I was just in it. Yeah. So the same thing with the, with, this, with this development is, okay, one of the first things we're going to do is we're going to have to excavate and get the roads ready and do all that kind of stuff. While they're doing that on one of our bigger projects right now, so I'm asking this contractor daily, like, oh, yeah, I know. So, so, so you got that done. Well, what's what's next in the docket and how do you do that? Um, just as a good refresher and a good primer. Yeah, I think that's great. So, and maybe that applies to us more than people who are listening because we don't do a lot of construction administration. Um, nobody ever wants to pay for it <laughs> yeah. for us. But but uh, if you aren't, and, and, and I think that's the kind of the way to segue around the whole thing. And, and I think there's a difference between mindsets of, okay, construction, administration. I could just be way off base here, but oh, you're, you're going out and you know what you're looking for and you're checking it. 
put in your mind, maybe you're doing that right now. But then ask yourself, what if I was building this? Oh, Do see, I understand? It is, yeah, it from you're that right. It is. A, it is a different mindset. That's absolutely, absolutely, one hundred percent right. Because I've been, on, we've been on the job sites all the time. Yeah, and it's different. It's totally different. Because that, yeah. So it is. So thinking, changing your mind to think about, okay, the sequence of construction. If I was building this, what is the next thing I'm going to do? Because that's going to be the critical part for you transitioning from an architect to a developer or a builder. Yep. So next we have uh, ARE Jeopardy. And, and these questions are brought to us by Tony, uh, designhacks.com. I actually used him. So one of my last tests, yeah, I think it was, it was eight o'clock in the morning and I was up by, you know, five and I was studying and my test was at noon. It wasn't a morning one. And I go, man, I kind of looked over all, all my other stuff, but I, I can't let up. I can't relent. So he, it, it was something extremely affordable. I, I got who knows how many questions, a whole bunch of questions for like 25 bucks. And I go, this is worth it because even, even if I, if there's one or two things that helps put you over the edge, I know. Yep. Yep. And his, his questions, he has a bunch of questions. I think they're great because they match up. And I felt I, what was great about his too, is that doing the other ones, um, questions from like ballast PPP, I would not get good percentage on, on his ballast, just the worst. Yeah. I would get good percentage on, and I feel like they do relate. I don't know how, he gets them to relate. So he actually sent us a bunch of questions that we're going to read. And these are questions that you, you know, he has some free ones, but if, these questions are legit. Yeah. And if you find them beneficial, um, as, as we, as we go through, through the season two of inside the firm, then please head over, head over to designerhacks.com and check them out because, uh, I think yeah, it's obviously a reflection of what will be there. Right. Okay. And with that, Al, In, uh, airy jeopardy. Okay, here we go with the first question. Under number one, this is one where it will have multiple answers. So write down A, <laughs> B, C, D, and E. Stupid. And you will check off which ones are right. So you might, it might just be one, it might be two, it might be three. So Jason, write down A, B, C, D, E. Okay, which of the following are considered public utilities? Select slash check all that apply. A, electrical service, B, trash removal, C, sewer, D, water, E, gas. Public utilities, electrical, trash, sewer, water, gas, public utilities. Which of the following are considered public utilities? Select any that apply. One okay. more time. Electrical service, trash removal, sewer, water, gas. Public utilities. Utilities. Just took a swig of your water. Now I'm going to get sick out. Oh, gross. I'm not drinking that water anymore. I would do it. Throwing that in. Ground. I would okay, it. are we ready? Okay, the correct answers are A. Did everyone get A? Jason, can you show it? Okay, <laughs> then B, no. So electrical service, yes. Trash, no. Sewer, yes. Water, yes. Gas, yes. So it's A and then uh, C, D, E. So no one got it, but we might come back and this might be the bonus tiebreaker if someone got more. There you less. go. There you go. Yeah, so keep keep track of that. What's tricky about this, so 
sewer water gas uh, this is such a tricky question because gas is xl electric can be xl trash can be waste management or the but city water is public water sewer sewer is public yep yep so the gas and the electrical maybe you know what i'd say why that might no, no, be no 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 here's why is because like in boulder the electric the uh, it's an electric public utility so i think i think in some some municipalities there is a private one yep and then only like maybe there's three different ones you get to pick from i don't know or something like that and then but boulder is a really good example that's all public yeah, because yeah. it's bolder. But but I would think about it this way: what this question might come up in the area. What would what does a city want to have their claws around? <laughs> right. So electrical, they're gonna want to know about all that gas and then water and sewer. Like they they need trash. They could you know they could care less about. Okay. Question two: the measurement of reflected uh, radiant energy received on a surface is known as so the measurement of reflected ra uh, radiant energy received on a surface is known as a thermex b r value c albedo, albedo d uh, cadence cadence couldn't you read no it's not <laughs> d. it's not d i'll give you that <laughs> you can't give me hints well okay I already did okay thermex r value Albedo, cadence, not cadence. But you want you want the question again, Mark? You guys okay. need the question again? The measurement of reflected radiant energy received on a service. <laughs> so the sun comes, and how much is this received is on this, that surface? I guarantee this will be a question on the yes. ARI. All right, here we go. C, C, A, you're, it is C. Who got it? The... Uh, Mark and Jason? Yep. Mark Ooh. and Jason. Yep. Sure. <laughs> what did you remember that from? Oh, the lead exam. Look at this guy. Cross-pollinating. Cross-testinating. Okay. All right. Now it's Lance's long-winded time. Uh, number three. What is floor area ratio? A, the ratio of the gross floor area within a structure to the area of the lot on which the structure is situated. B, ratio of the area of the lot on which the structure is situated to the volume of the structure com com occupies. I can't read now. I, exactly. C, ratio of the gross floor area within a structure to the volume the structure occupies. D, ratio of the area of, of the lot which the structure is situated to the gross floor area within a structure. Good Lord, those are tongue twisters. Yeah. I'll read it one more time, and I'll try to do better. Ready? Three. Number three. What is floor area ratio? A, ratio of the gross floor area within a structure to the area of the lot on which the structure is situated. B, ratio of the area of the lot on which the structure is situated to the volume the structure occupies. C, ratio of the gross floor area within a structure to the volume the structure occupies. Or D, ratio of the area of the lot on which the structure is situated to the gross floor area within a structure. Crush it. Do, do, do. Do, 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 do. What do we got? Less than enthused this, this round of ARE Jeopardy. What so do we got? We got C, D, C. It is A. The ratio, the gross floor area so what's your floor area 
to the ratio to the area of the lot. Now, guys who have worked in Denver, which are everybody in this firm, should know that, right? That's literally like lot coverage. You can think of it in that way too, right? How much lot coverage can we have? And 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 to think about this, you guys have all done this and you know it. So the words are going to be tricky. Yep. So you got to think, okay, what do I do? I do. What's the area of my building over what's the area of the lot? Now, the last one was tricky because they said those two things were in that last one. The ratio of the area of the lot, so lot first, over the structure of the floor area. No, that would be the inverse, right? So yep. F-A-R is, is the, the way I remember it. No, 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 one, no one got that? Okay. No one got that. Nope, we have a tie. Shots, <laughs> shots in the dark today. <laughs> this, this, uh, this season of uh, Inside the Firm. Okay, number four. What is a setback? A, average distance a building is placed from a property line. B, maximum distance a building must be placed from property line. C, median distance a building is placed from a property line. Or D, minimum distance a building must be placed from a property line. One more time. What is the setback? Oh, wait. Are they all good? You guys got it? Okay, good. D, D, D. They all got it. They all got it. Tiebreaker, Ted. So go back to the tiebreaker. Hold up your cards. Now, uh, oh my God. Mark got. (laughs) So you got two right. On the on the first on the first question. And and J. And Jason got two right. Oh, oh, now we have to now we have to pause. We need to pause and come up with a tiebreaker question because there's somebody has to be the king. It's the only way to do it, right? Yes. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Sudden death. Uh, what material contains the most embodied energy? A steel. D B Douglas fir. C granite. Uh, what am I on? D aluminum. E bamboo. So steel, Douglas fir, granite, aluminum, bamboo, A, B, C, D. What material contains the most embodied energy? These are fantastic questions. Yeah. As far as being on Okay, we got it. C and A, the answer is D, aluminum. Frick. Frick. A, steel is a good guess, right? But... um, the smelting process of aluminum. Yeah, granite is, is because you insane. don't. But granite wouldn't it be because you don't do any. You don't process it. Where aluminum. I thought steel had a higher melting point. So I thought it just took more energy to form it. Yeah, I don't know why it is aluminum. I just know it is aluminum, but I don't know. Okay, this one. If you don't get it, we're going with whatever's closest. Okay. <laughs> what is the maximum length of a corridor with a dead end? Answer in feet without inches. Uh. Should I read? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll read this section. So this is section 1018.1 dead ends of the IBC. And I won't read the answer. Where more than one exit or exit way doorway is required, the exit access shall be arranged such that there are no dead ends in the corridor more than blank feet. Wow. Again. Yep. Dead end More corridors. So okay, you oh, got a hallway. This is, this is actually out of the code book, yeah. Yep. Let's say you have a hallway that has two stairs going down, but then you need to, you know, make a T. You can't go farther than what in a dead end? Fifteen and I can't read yours. Nine feet. <laughs> Twenty feet. Jason wins. King. King of the castle, everybody. All right. All right. 
Okay, two things to wrap it up. Three things, Lance, we'll wrap it up. But uh, if you haven't been watching Eric Reinholdt's videos, he made another one this week. It's crazy. It's like he says he's going to do them every Thursday. Oh, wow. And then he does it. So this one, he answered questions, uh, which I think is great. So people had questions and he answered them. He talks about his firm structure. It's a great watch. So go ahead and do that. And then keep, you know, subscribe because he will let you know when he's taking questions. Uh, the second one is we've talked a lot about selling, right? And then how to sell and Al striking out and come back. Uh, if you want a uh, different perspective and a structure, you can also go to arcmarketing.org forward slash inside podcast. Uh, so this is Enix Sears. It's free. Start to build your structure by watching that free um, webinar. And again, archmarketing.org forward slash inside podcast. It is worth your time to go and watch that. I uh, just want to give a, th- a huge thanks to everybody for leaving us reviews on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, please do that. We're happy to send you a free PDF. You can uh, let us know that you did that. You uh, buy- of our book. Of our book, The Creativity Code. Yep, exactly. Uh, so Al, Al, Al and I are happy to send you a free PDF. Of that, if you leave us a five-star review on the iTunes, so if you're listening to this, just head on over there. Inside, in the app, you can actually go down and scroll and, and leave us a little five-star and then leave us a little one or two sentence. Hey, this this helped me in this way. That you know, Listen to these guys. I'll give you a book no matter what. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then uh, follow us on the Twitter. Follow us on the Facebook. Please join our private Facebook group inside the firm. And uh, we hope you have a good week. 